So, how do you guys feel about what's going on? Please write in. You can get a hold of us at maddasher13 at yahoo.com. Send us an email. Let us know how we're doing. If we suck, let us know. If you like us, like what we got to say, let us know. But let's continue on. As of recently, I think all this stuff is stupid. We need to reopen this country. Reopen the movie theaters. You know, let's get people back out there into the public and start rebuilding America back to its greatness that it should be and where it could have been at the beginning of all this. I mean, because we've been like slowly deteriorating in my opinion, playing our culture of how we do things. I mean, we could be doing a lot better on a, uh, on a side note of like money we're bringing in. We spend so much money taking care of other countries, we forget about our own people. I mean, we have American soldiers, veterans, living on the streets, living in cardboard boxes, but yet we allow others to enter this country, get on our welfare system, and cost us money. This is just my opinion. I'm not saying it's a fact, I'm not saying anything, it's just my opinion. Me being a retired military soldier, it kind of bothers me, even when it's poor white people. Like, I was going to physical therapy after having a knee surgery. I was off my feet for two years, I learned how to walk again. Every time, because I couldn't drive, every time one of my family members took me to physical therapy, I'd always see like someone who's on state aid pull up in a big fancy Escalade that I can't even get a loan for. I'm driving this crappy ass four banger car, all banged up to hell. And they're driving up on, in this Escalade, gold rims and spinners. To me, that, that makes me question things. I mean, maybe I should be lazy, not do anything, get on the welfare system and let the state take care of me, but here's the problem with it, and people don't see it that being a problem. When you get on those programs, it's supposed to be a temporary thing to help you get by until you can get another job or something. It's not meant to be a permanent thing. But when you do that, you allow whatever local government, state government, or even big government control your lives. You constantly hear people say, the man's got me down. It's all the man's fault that I'm living like this. No, it's your fault you're living like this. You could do more with your life. You could go out and make things better for yourself. 
I keep hearing, oh, but I grew up in the hood. I, I grew up in the streets. You don't have to live that life. Like a famous quote from a famous movie, you do not have to get on that bus. You do not have to become part of that lifestyle. You can go out, be a contributing part of society, and do something good with your life. Like I was saying before, what encouraged me to join the military was seeing that sign that says, God Purpose. I mean, if but if you're one of those people who wakes up in the morning, is okay, sit around doing nothing and collecting the check, that's on you. Me personally, that would offend me if I was that person who had a, who did nothing all day, who sat around, smoked marijuana, and got fat on food stamps. I'm not that person. I'm the kind of person I want to go out and earn everything that I have. So I feel that I deserve it. JFK even said, is not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Meaning, be a contributing part of society. Pay your taxes. Do the right thing. I mean, I get some of you uh, heartstring and flower people out there. In my opinion, the 60s was the, one of the worst times in American history. I believe, personally, that the American hippie ruined this country. Let's see what, what my, my facts are on this. Because of the American hippies, which are now in the White House, in Congress, we're, what we call those, um, can't even think of the word right now, but, uh, conservatives, conservatives are ruining this country, first they made it so you couldn't spend, you couldn't punish your child, nowadays if you even look at your child cross-eyed, you go to jail, my opinion is that because, I mean, there's been times my kids threaten to call Child Protective Services on me. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Give me a fucking vacation. They're going to take you away. Not going to really punish me at all. And you can go be living with someone else who, who's ten times worse than me. As a parent. I, you know... I tried and tried to be a good parent. Not everybody's going to agree with me. But in the end of the day, it was not my children that I disliked. It was their mothers. Everybody wanted a free ride and they didn't want to do nothing. Matter of fact, one of my children's moms said she wanted to come live with me me pay all the bills and her not have to do a damn thing and as part of the deal she was not going to allow me to tell my child that I was their father I was to be mommy's friend I don't appreciate that so to this day I have nothing to do with that with my child's parent 
I pay my child support to take care of my child. And, and that brings up to a, a new subject to me. Did you know in the state of Nebraska, I don't know about other states, but the state of Nebraska, a guy is for child support is to pay up to at least 60% of their annual income. 60% of their, their check to pay child support. If a guy gets custody of the children during the divorce, a woman only pays 3%. But yet, everybody wants equal rights, equal pay. How about you pay equal child support? If you want everything equal, it should be equal. So, if a husband gets the kids in divorce, the wife should have to pay the equal amount that a guy would pay for child support. And then people are going to say, well, women don't make as much money as men. I'll tell you what, you're full of shit. My recently ex-wife only made $1,000 less than me a year. A thousand less. My job was a little bit more demanding than hers, but hers I probably couldn't do. If, if I was to do what, her, what she did, I would be amazing too. She was a great person. Her task was admin. I'm not an admin person. I'm a hands-on, in the dirt, doing dishes, making food, working in the food industry. That is my thing. Hers was being an administrator. And as an administrator, it was her job to do payroll, set up all kinds of areas, like book hotels for technicians for companies, book rental cars if they needed, going to purchase vehicles for that company. So their technicians would have something to drive out to their customers to work on things. Of course, my ex-wife didn't think I appreciated anything she did, but I did. In today's society, you cannot just have one income coming in in a household. If there is a husband and a wife, they both need to be working. This is not the 1950s where the wife stayed home, did all the cooking and cleaning, and had everything ready for when the guy came home. That's, it, that's a pipe dream these days. None of that works anymore. So, moving forward. In today's day and age, like me and my ex-wife, we would do delivery services. She worked for Uber and Lyft. We brought in a weekly income plus our day jobs. Tell you what, for two days of work, I've been known doing deliveries to make over $400 in two days of work. It's possible. Even you can do it. Hell, there's... Here's a job for you out there. You can put a sticker, a logo on your vehicle and they will pay you $500 a month just to drive around 
say with like a Dr. Pepper's logo on the side of your car. For advertising for this company, they're gonna give you a monthly income of $500 just for that one ad. So, say you put six ads on your car at $500 a piece a month, you're making three grand extra a month. Is it tax free? No. Is it a write off? Yes. But you're getting an income you would not have if you didn't get off your lazy asses out there and get a job. I prefer to work hard and play hard. That's my motto. We'll talk to you soon. So what's up? Not much here. Just enjoying the peace and quiet of a nice drive home. What to talk about today? Um, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I've been having a lot of people like put me down and try to make me feel bad about myself when I realize they're the ones that are insecure and they're the ones that feel bad about themselves. Because, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't harass me. But, let me, I'll let you know, I'm very pro-bully. But only when it's done in a healthy manner. I mean, if you're being bullied, I understand. Hello everyone, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to Mad Dasher. In this episode, I'm gonna discuss, you know, appearances because not everything that I do in life is noticed. Matter of fact, recently, I was told I was lazy. Well, let me see if you think I'm lazy. So far, I have a podcast. I work five jobs. Four of them are delivery services like DoorDash, GrubHub, Postmates, Instacart. Then I also am a music promoter on the side. I have my own tattoo design, authentic tattoos, custom, one-of-a-kind tattoos that I do for people at a small fee. So I run that company. And then I'm a big support to a friend of mine who has a, a, a podcast of her own. And it's called Recovering Mentally with Jesse, which she is a totally amazing person. A big inspiration to me. I've been kind of depressed lately. I just got a divorce from a somewhat amazing person who played so many games with me. Like I th thought we were friends and then all of a sudden she unfriended me on Facebook and then just cut me off completely. She was an amazing person. I'm not gonna argue that. What I don't like is how she ended things. Like a couple weeks ago, she pushed me to go file the divorce papers, no problem. 
things were still going good. We're going through this quarantine, so with this COVID-19 crap. I even, when she like called me and said, hey, will you bring me lunch? When I was out doing deliveries, I had no problem bringing her lunch. Had no problem bringing her and dropping her off dinner. We've met a few times since we separated in October. Since then, I've been seeing a wonderful, wonderful person who like brings life back into me. I've been at my low point as of recently because I'm working so much, I don't have time to like work on my novel that I'm working on so I can get that one finished and start the next one for the series. And I don't know which one because I have a whole list of titles that I've been working on and what they're about. I don't know what story I should work on next. I just know that whatever story I work on next is going to be a leap forward to the next book. All my books are connected in one way or another. Each book has a new character. Each character are linked in one way or another. Also, if you haven't realized, the background sound is I talk to myself pretty much while I'm driving. So whether I'm driving home from my day job or out doing deliveries, I'm talking to myself. But I was told once by a friend, a good friend of mine, we were at a party and he's off in the corner by himself, just talking to himself, having a whole conversation by himself. He caught the attendance of the whole room. Everybody looked over and sat there and watched it and amazed that he was carrying on a two-way conversation with himself. Asking questions, answering questions, creating a dialogue. And finally, he looked up and noticed everybody was staring at him. And he still continued the conversation. It was the most amazing, funny thing I've ever seen in my life. He's been a big inspiration in my life. Going a couple years later after that, I'm driving in Nebraska from Omaha, Nebraska out to Oakland, Nebraska, which is out by Fremont, Nebraska, if you even know where I'm talking about, on my way to Sioux City. Between the two towns of Blair and Oakland, there's a sign. And to me, I saw it as a, you know, big sign. When I drove past it, for the first time ever, ever noticing it. Instead, of, it was like one of the signs set up like, got milk, but it wasn't got milk. On the sign, it said, got purpose, with a question mark. And it resonated with me. And it stuck in my head, it stuck in my head. So one day, I'm watching TV, I see a commercial for the United States Army. I'm like, okay. That seems like a good thing. I don't have a purpose in life. This would give me purpose. Give me reason of being. So next thing, when I get home, I get on the internet. I log into the internet. I pull up the Army website. And so I go and take a test for the Army. Granted, I hadn't been in school in over 10 years. 
at this point. So I went in kind of late in life to the military. Here's where it gets interesting. I failed my first attempt. So the recruiter that was working with me, he goes, I got an idea. How about you go go to the Army National Guard? Which I did. And my recruiter had me take a pretest. I did pretty well. He gave me the best gift that I ever had in my life. He gave me a book called The ASVAB Test for Dummies. It's not as funny as you think. In there, in that book, it gives you the, every question, every answer that will ever be asked on that test. And at that time, I had the greatest memory ever. I remembered every answer to every question and every question to every answer. And in the process, because I hadn't been in school in a long time, I taught myself algebra one week. You ask me how to do it nowadays, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember it. When I went to take the test again, I scored a 79. Granted, I only needed a 36 to pass to get into the Army. I got a 79. They asked me what job I wanted to do. I said, well, at this time I had a family, and I'm like, which one has the best? Because at the time they were doing bonuses. Which one has the best bonus? So, the recruiter showed me which one had the highest bonus at the time. And when I signed up for the military, I signed a contract for eight years from the start and became a generator technician. So I did my basic training. I went on to my, what they call a tech school. And in 12 weeks in, in this school, I learned how to tear apart, rebuild, disassemble, track down bad circuits on generators. We're not talking about the kind that you buy at Walmart. I'm talking about ones that are about six tons of metal. Big, huge things. 300 kilowatt generators, all the way up to a thousand we worked on. We had one generator that was at a thousand kilowatts. It took up a whole room. So tracking down a bad circuit board, oh my god. That took forever. And when I mean forever, I mean forever. So, I learned that stuff. I went on, became really great with a weapon. What we called the weapon, you would call a machine gun. We called it M4, you would call it AR-15. I became an expert at shooting that weapon. And then it, time came along and I got a train on, on the big boy. The big boy, in case you don't know, is called a Modus, which is a M2 sniper rifle, which is known as the Barrett. That is a beastly gun, but a beautiful weapon. 
you gotta have respect for it. Now the full automatic weapon of it, the machine gun version of the M2. Big, beastly, probably about a 90 pound weapon. They warned us that those rounds, you cannot shoot at people when you're in the field. Here's why. And they even showed us an example. They're like, when you're shooting this weapon, and if the machine gun gets stuck, and it won't stop firing, just let it fire. And same thing with it being downrange, you're shooting up to like three, 400 meters at this point. They said if an animal walks out, do not stop firing. Any other range we went to, they said if you saw an animal, stop firing. Because the guy on the range, he's like, well, if you you shoot a deer, I'll have deer steak for dinner. I It was my turn on the range. I'm firing. This deer walks out. My round shoots about maybe five, six inches above this deer. The shock wave of this round alone sliced this deer right in half. And I'm thinking to myself, I see now why they are not allowed to use the 50 cal on a battlefield unless they're shooting at like a tank. Those rounds are specif specified for that purpose. If you shot one of those rounds and it just even flew past somebody, it would slice someone in half just from the sound wave. That tells you how powerful our military weapons are. Move on years later, I had my accidents. I fractured everything below the waist, bruised two vertebrae, fractured my left wrist, and cracked open my head. I can't go into specifics with you, because it's military thing, so it's classified. But pretty much we hit a a roadside bomb. We tumbled and we tumbled and we tumbled. Many years later, I still have a good feeling that I did something positive with my life. I now have a legacy to pass on to my children and they can pass on to their children. I am not second generation military. I'm not third generation military. It's more like fifth or sixth generation. My father was a tech sergeant in the Air Force, which was at E7, I believe. My brother is a captain in the Navy. He's an officer, a royal pain in my ass. Matter of fact, he came to see me when I was in training in basic, took me out on a day pass. He made me salute him in front of my men. I sent out invites today to a lot of my friends. I just now had 32 people Facebook message me. 
18 people just sent me all these acceptance requests. On Facebook, it's Mad Y as Maddie space Dasher. So Maddie Dasher. On Spotify, I'm Mad it's Mad Dasher is the is the podcast. Come check us out. If you're interested in sending questions, comments, concerns, want to just get a hold of us and say hi, you can find you can email us at maddasher, one word, 13 at yahoo.com. And we'll get back to you.